everybody welcome back to another episode of the king's council podcast i'm your host riley meek and we have got ourselves a treat today listen up folks uh we've got a dude who's actually uh soaking up the sun right now in miami but spends half his time here in minnesota uh mr peter taunton welcome to the show brother hey thank you and uh you're exactly right you know i spend a, a good share of my time in miami about eight months of the year but my favorite place, my favorite place in the country by far is Minnesota for those Minnesota summers right out there yes. on Lake Minnetonka. I love it. I love the people. So anyway, it is an incredible uh, like two weeks that we really get here in Minnesota. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Um, yeah, man. I, I, well, I'm just grateful for you to, to be on here. I know we've done an episode in the past with the Sales Conversion Podcast a few years ago, and uh, I'm grateful to hop on with with you again here for the King's Council Podcast and really just kind of a a shift in in my life of really what's most important uh, to me, what God has been, been really just revealing to me over the past few years. And I know uh, you've got an incredible journey uh, that uh, I want to I want to just expose uh, some of our listeners if they don't know who you are. Just real quick, guys, uh, founder of, of a, a little fitness brand that I'm sure you guys are aware of, Snap Fitness, uh, Lift Brands in general, uh, had thousands of franchisees uh, throughout the country. Um, and man, I, I really want to talk with you about, I think what I think is your latest venture, Nautical Bowl. You're, right. That's that's your your thing, right, man? Right. I think I'm single-handedly keeping the one alive here in, in Savage, Minnesota. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> my wife's like, again? You're, yeah. I mean, how you're getting a, a twenty-four dollar uh, acai bowl? I'm like, baby, you got to get all the toppings. It's so delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's right. No, they're they're addictive. There's and they're and they're good for you. It's not it's not dessert, right? It's a it's superfoods. It's good that's, for. You. That's right. That's what I keep telling myself. So, yeah. uh, and it's been that's what what got me through. I mentioned I did my ACL MCL. Like that's what I looked forward to each day as I was laying in bed and recovering. Like my next mm-hmm. nautical bowl. So no, <laughs> right now, well, hey, I appreciate that. <laughs> but anyways, well, I want to dive, I will want to dive into that, but um, just for our, our listeners sake, man, I would love, so Peter, uh, obviously a nine figure net worth earner, right? I I, I talk about uh, nine figures in revenue in my companies, but yours, yours is like legit net worth earner, um, living an incredible lifestyle, I want to call it, but I want to really peel back the onion on this for, for people to get to know you, who you really truly are. Um, you've got your place in Miami, you're here in Minnesota, also a few months out of the year, but you're, I mean, you grew up, we're not, we're not that different. I grew up in a small community in South Dakota. You grew up here in, in Minnesota, small community in Minnesota. So yeah. can you just give us a quick little humble beginnings of like where we started? And then I really want to dive into some, some meat here, if you would, no, man. No, for sure. And I, I think that it's important. I, I really enjoy giving people context and because it's so relatable for everybody out there fighting the good fight and trying to find success, whatever that looks like through your lens. But for me, I started, I have an identical twin brother and we are the youngest of seven kids. I grew up in a small town. I went to school in a two-room schoolhouse, and uh, my father owned a grocery store in that small town, and that was that was my humble beginnings. Uh, I went to college. I quit college my junior year, so I'm a college dropout, if you will, and uh, and I got my first break when I was probably 22 years old to turn around a failing health club, and the failing health club was in my hometown, 
And the opportunity that was put before me, they just said, hey, look, if you can turn this health club around, there was five owners. They said, if you can turn this health club around, we'll let you buy us out with the profits. That's how fed up they were with this business, right? Well, when you're poor and you have opportunity, you check, I mean, all I needed was my break, right? Now, I didn't know, I'm, I'm 60 today, and uh, I didn't know that I was going to go on from that point and build one of the largest wellness brands in the world. But you never know when your break is going to come. And, and I say this often that opportunity, it doesn't knock, it whispers. So you have to pay attention to what's in front of you. And for me, weighing the opportunity, because these guys, when I took the job, they paid me $16,000 a year, 16,000. I mean, let's just face it, Riley, that's, that's like poverty. But I wasn't looking at the dollar amount. I was looking at the opportunity because I had no plan B. And, and that was their big mistake. I think, honestly, they probably never thought in a million years that I would be able to turn that health club around and eventually buy them out and then leverage that club to build more clubs and then obviously go on to build you know, 6,000 locations in 28 countries over the next uh, you know, 25 years. Yeah, man. I love that. I love that. Opportunity doesn't knock. It whispers. That's that's incredible, man. I love that that thought because, I you know I've, it's it's been said opportunities a lot like uh you know the the bus at the bus station. There's always another one coming, but at some point you got to get on the freaking bus, right? No, it's <laughs> you got to take your cut, right? It's like standing at the plate with a bat in your hand with no intention of swinging. All right, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it: in business and in life, you're gonna fail. And it's, you, you may as well learn early on that failing is part of life. Don't take it to heart. Don't ever look at yourself and think, I'm a loser. I failed. Honestly, if you lined up, you know, a hundred, you know, high net worth individuals, if they're going to be honest with you, they'll tell you they failed probably hundreds of times in their life. And most of the growth they had was in those times of hardship was in those times of strife. That's where the learning comes. Anyone can run a company with the wind at your back. It's how do you roll in times of strife? How do you roll in times of unpredictability? Hey, look, I don't care if it's business, your relationship, whatever it is we're talking about. The world just spins in different ways and you just got to be prepared and you got to react. So I always say, you know, those character building moments, are, are where the learning takes place. And you will learn a lot about someone in times of strife, okay? So I guess the punchline here, Riley, is always pay attention to what's going on around you and pay attention to how you're rolling. That's good. That's good, man. And, and one of the things, so you had, your, you had your big break, call it, big break, right? Which took a lot of freaking work, right? And so I don't want, I don't want people to, think that oh i'm just waiting for my break like it happened because you were prepared opportunity comes to those that are prepared to take action when when the time comes and one of the things that we we talk about within the king's council is action brings clarity uh but also reaction reveals character and i think while we can talk all about successes man what i love to know is like the downs and outs like i want to know it's like some of these it wasn't like everything was just incredible for you for the last 30, 40 plus years of entrepreneurship, right? It's like, no, no, no. T- t- take us through some some, some of your 
not so great times, if you would, man, well, if you'd if you'd be so vulnerable. Yeah, no, no problem. I I mean, I've I remember days of writing payroll. I mean, back in the day when I was starting the brand, I had you know you were relying on cash flow because every company I've ever started, including the company I'm launching right now, Nautical Bulls, I bootstrap. Okay, I don't ever go out and say, look, I'm going to raise a million dollars or two million dollars, everyone, because I've got this great idea and give me your money and you can have some equity. That's not how I roll. I'm I'm a bootstrapper. Why? Because I like to own the company. I like to own. I like to control it. And I'm going to have liquidity events when on my terms, though. I'm going to grow the company to a certain level, which is a whole other discussion we can have. But getting to your point of of hardship. If you're bootstrapping a company, that means you're trying to build your company on cash flow. I can remember many times writing payroll checks and thank God, you know, 25 years ago, you you gave people paper checks. If you remember those days, they don't even, I mean, they barely do it anymore. You gave someone a paper check, okay? And then they would go to their bank and they would have to cash it. And you had about a three-day window there, Right. <laughs> Yeah, And there were many times that I would write payroll checks with not enough money to cover what I had just wrote. All right. So, but, you know, I, I've been blessed, right? I mean, I never had those embarrassing moments where people's payroll checks were bouncing because when your payroll checks are bouncing in a small town, you're the talk of the town. Okay, right. word spreads like wildfire that this thing is hanging on by a thread. So I was always like a duck. I was palm on top and just paddling like crazy, you know, below the water surface. No one would ever know. Never let people see you sweat. Stay calm, collective, keep it together, but just keep grinding. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Just just keep grinding. And and for entrepreneurs, so I'm a, I'm a big believer that entrepreneurship is really I believe it's it's God given that we're born entrepreneurs, and the fact that if you look at the root word of entrepreneurship, it means to really undertake. And are you willing to undertake this task at hand? Uh, what would you say to those that are like maybe in this period in their life that hey, I I, I didn't I didn't know or I don't know if entrepreneurship is for me or if this is something that I should even go into. What type of advice would you give them of like, because here's the thing, it's not all, it's not all red roses, right? It's, this is thing, this is going to take some freaking work. And for me, while we can talk about, you know, it's incredible, the, the, the lifestyle, the money that it brings, but I love the thrill of the hunt and like the, the, the journey, the process, the, the taking something, I love that man that you said bootstrapping, that's everything that I've ever done. We're starting a, a, a television network that we're bootstrapping right now. It's not right. we have people that want to throw millions of dollars at us, but we're not even allowing that to happen because, like you said, we want we want control. And and the moment we start to take on funds, we lose a lot of that control, yeah, uh, especially in today's age. So walk walk me through, man. Your uh, an entrepreneur's mindset, if you would, for those that whether they're new entrepreneurs or they're they're maybe looking to become an entrepreneur. What type of advice or, or wisdom would you would you give them? Well, the, I think the first part is preparation, and preparation rears its head on a couple of different fronts. You need to be financially prepared, 
Okay, so financially prepared means you have to have, you can't start a company with $200. Okay, I'm just, it, it, just in practical common sense context, yep. you know, you, you have to make sure that you have enough cash to get the, the project off the ground, all right? So save, be patient, be conservative for, with your money, but you have to have a, enough cash. You need to make, that's the first side of it. The second side of it is you need to make sure that that product that you're launching product or service that it's been validated, all right? Meaning you got to make sure the dogs are eating the dog food, okay? Don't chase a business. Don't get caught up in passion projects that you love that no one else does, okay? you Riley, you wouldn't imagine the amount of people that I work for, consult for, that I, t I look into the business and you look under the skirt of the business and, and you have to give them the tough news that say, look, your, your business, my recommendation would be that you unwind it because most people would say, well, why don't you just pivot the business? Because the effort it would take to pivot the business, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. You're in a, you're in a space that is coming down the other side, okay? And I, what I don't want you to do is continue to throw cash at this thing, trying to feed it, your hard-earned after-tax dollars trying to spin this thing out of the spiral it's on, I'm telling you, the product is no longer relevant. And, and here's the problem. Early on in this interview, we talked about failure. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really disheartening to me when, when people's hubris gets in the way of, of, of shutting down a company because they say, I'm not going to shut this company down. And I tell them, look, the God honest truth is you should have shut this down probably three, four years ago, yeah. but you had a hard time looking in the mirror saying, I, I, I'm a failure. And this is just business. Business, you're going to hit some singles. You're going to strike out. You're going to hit some doubles. And God willing, sometimes you're going to hit a grand slam. All right. And that is just business. And that when you talk about the mindset, that is thing you said earlier. I love the, I love the grind. <laughs> I love the hustle. Right. I love thinking of an idea, putting a plan in place and then executing on my plan and seeing it get momentum. That's every entrepreneur's dream. You start to get momentum and then you keep feeding it. You keep investing the cash flow back into the business. And pretty soon one plus one equals three. Right. Yep. And you just keep driving it. So it's just so it's such a difficult mindset for people that aren't mentally prepared for that battle. Yes. If that, if that makes sense. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. And and this is really why I even do what I do. And I know you you do coaching and consulting now as well, because early on it was, you know, anytime that I wanted to level up in life, like I had to get myself around like-minded people or people, really people that had the fruit in their life that I wanted. And sometimes I had to pay money to be in that room. Sometimes I had to serve my way to be in that room. Someone, uh, you know, I didn't have a seat at the table. I had to serve water at the table to, yeah. to, to be in the room. But that was my whole goal is like they had what I wanted and I wanted to figure out why. Mm -hmm. And, and for those early on, like that's just, whether it's, you know, literally hiring a coach, finding a mentor or getting around somebody that's got what you want. And, and I'm, I, I, cause truthfully, I thought early on, I was like, coaches are kind of a, like 
those who can't always want to teach. Uh, and it was my my thought process on this. And there's still a lot of blowhards out there, right? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, but but the, the, I think the important part is find somebody that's gone before you and actually has the fruit in, in their life. And, and that's why I believe it. if I'm looking for advice from somebody, I'm never taking fitness advice from an fat personal trainer, right? right? I'm never taking financial advice from somebody that is a train wreck, right? I'm never going to take marriage advice until I actually see the fruit in their life. Like how is their household run? Um, and so I just want to encourage people with that. Like sometimes you, you, you just got to get around those, those type of people. And I think that's Peter, is that, you know, part of, cause right now there's a lot of people that are like, okay, how, how much is enough, right? You've built this nine figure, uh, uh, net biz businesses, these opportunities. Uh, a lot of people are, are maybe even thinking, Oh, must be nice. Really, really great. It's so great for you. And they take on this victim mindset immediately. Okay. This is just what happens. Um, and, and then they're like, well, you know, you must be greedy. Uh, how much is enough? So take me through your personal convictions maybe, and even why you do what you do, why you continue to do this. Like, bro, you're 60, go sip pina coladas on the beach. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Sometimes I would do. I mean, I was just in the Bahamas this past weekend with my girlfriend celebrating some friends of mine from Minnesota went to the Bahamas for their birthday. So I said, look, it's a 45 minute flight. We went down there for a couple of days and that, and that's exactly what we did. Right. So Amazing. it's all about balance, but you know, there's something about people that have money and there's a lot of, there are Millions of people out there that, that aspire, they look at something today with social media. I mean, let's face it, you pick this up and it's readily available. And I, for me, and I get myself in trouble sometimes when I take this position, but here's the reality. I think people that have accumulated real money, okay, real money, right? Right. Mm -hmm. We're not selling, we're not selling anything. All right. I mean, when people approach me, because to hire me to consult for your business, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I'm not going to lie. Um, but but I can do some amazing things with companies. I get it. Yep. And it, but if an individual comes up to me and says, "Hey, Peter, can, you know, I've got a question," it would never enter my mind, Riley, to say, "Okay, well, here's my fee. You know, I'm going to charge you a thousand dollars an hour, this or that." I mean, part, if you know the person in front of you, their heart is in the right place when they say, look, I'm going to, I'm not going to charge you anything, but here's three things you need to do, or here's five things you need to do, or tell you what, I'll give you 30 minutes. I'm going to do it. I mean, the, I do that all the time. I, people hit me up on social media all the time. I'd like to hire you. I'm not for hire unless, it, unless it's a corporate deal. Okay. And then in most cases on corporate deals, I'm taking equity in the company. I don't want your money. I'm done with the money thing, okay? Because if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take your company to the promised land, I'm gonna get equity in the company. And if that doesn't work for you, that's okay. I'm okay with it, right? But my but time is value and money. So the punchline here is find people that are real. Don't find the guy that's sitting on Instagram saying, telling you their story with conviction, standing in front of jets they rent cars they don't own, spending $100 bills, and they want you to buy their course, yeah. okay? To me, the many, and I have many friends 
on the internet that do exactly what I do. And they're not selling anything. They're not selling anything. They're just dropping truth bombs. Okay. They're just saying, look, this is, this is, this is the headspace you need to be in. Okay. This is the human capital that you need to hire. You need to think about human capital. You need to create redundancies because you have a business that's not sellable today because you're the business. As soon as you leave the business, it's good. So you got to help people understand where they need to be and then put them in the shoes of the buyer so they can yield the best result in their transaction. All right. So they're, they're just not prepared. So I help people frame things up, right. I help them get in the right mindset. And then a lot of times I help people that are down and out. Sometimes people just need, they need to be propped up, dusted off a little bit, you know, square their shoulders up to the target and say, look, let's clean out some of this noise that's going through the six inches between your ears and just focus on these three, three things, you know, and get rid of the baggage. Oh, well, I don't have any baggage. Yeah, bullshit, you do. Your friends, the five guys you're hanging out with, they're dead weight. They're not helping you. They want, they want to keep you right there. You're not going to get to where you want to go with those people. They either got to lock arms with you and make the change with you, or you got to be able to move on. It's not that you have to stiff arm them, but just don't hang with them. Get focused and start driving in the direction you're going to do. Otherwise, we're going to have this conversation two, three years from now. You're going to be in the same place, hanging out with the same dudes, throwing darts on Thursday night and drinking beer. Right. Yes, I mean, absolutely. It just doesn't happen. Okay. Life doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Opportunity just doesn't fall on your lap. Yes, of course. You see it happen sometimes. But the real truth is, you know what? Life, it's not kittens, balloons, and butterflies. All right. If you want that, if you want the, you know, the life of financial freedom, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to put in the time, put in the work. It's just how it is. Yes, absolutely. It is. I 100% agree with you, man. This is good. So uh, I'm curious, and I know that you've, you've uh, started a, a lot of your own companies. Uh, you, and you're actually in this phase right now with Nautical Bowl as founder, CEO, uh, I'm curious, man, what is it that you look for? Or even when you're coaching people, because I, I get the same thing where, where people hop on and they've got this idea. Um, and sometimes it's like, okay, well, it's a terrible idea, <laughs> right? Um, it, it just, it's the reality of the situation. And that's ultimately, you got to be willing to say that to people um, sure. because it has to be, there has to be value that in which somebody's going to exchange dollars for that because revenue without revenue you don't have a business there's it, this is a hobby that you're you're hoping right so what are the, are there a few points that you're looking for in a business that are like non-negotiables even because uh, you've gone the franchise model right nauticables is a franchise uh snap fitness was a franchise um yes. it's i i've owned an anytime fitness franchise and when i was like 23 years of eight of old 23 years of age um and i realized I, I learned a ton from that model um and i realized you know that wasn't a model that i wanted in, in to be a part of just because of of where i was heading in my life but i think it's an incredible opportunity for people that don't have uh, they don't have an idea right yeah. or they're, they're looking to they need that business in the box type of of model so what is it that you 
look for or like your non-negotiables that are like, mm -hmm. this is what every business has to have. Uh, without these, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking a look at it. It's a great question, Riley. And uh, thank you for asking it. So for me, it's let's let's stick to the context of nautical bowls. All right. I mean, that was that's one of my latest ventures. And here's exactly how it happened. I'm at my lake house. This is about two years ago, maybe a little less. I'm at my lake house. My phone rings. And who is it? It's the two founders of nautical bowls. A couple of kids. I can say that they were probably 24, 25. I, I was 60. And they said, hey, Peter, you know, we've heard a lot about you. We've read a lot about you. And you know what? We live like a mile from you. Can we come by sometime and just pick your brain and talk about our business? We have these two stores. And would you mind taking some time with us? Well, I love that. I love talking to young, ambitious entrepreneurs, right? I At that time, I had never had an acai bowl. Okay. I'd never had one. All right. The next morning, I said, come by the lake house. So they come by the lake house. I said, we'll have a cup of coffee. So I start looking at their business. And a long story short, you know, for me, the looking at it, I said, if it were me, I would franchise this concept. You're going to need to change some things, but I would franchise it. And they said, well, we don't know anything about franchising. Now, this transpired over hours, so I'm condensing it. But I said, I would franchise it. And they said, we don't know anything about franchising. And I said, well, that's that's kind of my wheelhouse, right? That's what I've done. I've grown three separate brands to over 6,000 locations, 28 countries, either franchises or licenses. This is what I do. And so they, they, they hired me. They hired me to set them up to franchise, which is what I did. I, I set their business up to franchising, all right? And in doing that, I got a portion equity of the company to do that. So I set it up for them. But then it came very apparent to them, they need, you need someone to run your company. Mm -hmm. Okay, you need somebody. You can't just say, here's the reins, because it's now what do I do? So the next step, if they want real time of mine, I'm equal partners with them. So what are my rules? I'm equal partners and I own the company. It's that simple. Okay. And I told them, hey, look, this is either going to be really good for you or it's going to be horrible. It's either going to work out or it's not. Okay. Yep. Now, God bless them. Number one, those two hardworking, ambitious, really passionate, really strong faith. So for me, if they were not those things, I would have never offered my service. That's the truth. I would have never offered my service, but I love those guys. I loved everything about them. Okay. They reminded me of myself when I was that age. Well, I mean, here we are a year and a half later, we've, we've awarded over 150 territories. We have 33 stores open, 20 under construction. Hey, look, here's the beautiful part. You know, we're going to, we're going to build an amazing brand and it's, we're going to have an amazing outcome. And I couldn't be happier that that I was a part of helping these two people become extremely wealthy. Yes, am I getting paid? Well, of course I am. But I know that what they will do with that money, I know that they will not lose themselves as they go through this journey of becoming extremely wealthy. All right. They are just that kind of person. You hear me say it all the time. We spoke about it earlier. Money doesn't make the man. Money, do, money doesn't give you the right 
to be condescending, narcissistic, and all those terrible things that that some people tend to tend to you know convert into when they become wealthy. So I'm excited for those guys. And for me, it's just another day in the office. This is exactly what I do. I'm not surprised by the outcome. We continue to grow the business. It is what it is. But but Riley, that's what I look for. Every now and then you got to bet on the horse. So I wasn't worried about running the company because that's what I do. But I, I got to love my partners. And, and those guys are amazing partners for me. That's great, man. That's great. So, so since you're mentioning partners, are, and obviously you don't have to mention any names, if, if there are even any, but are, has there been any bad partnerships in your in your life, business partnerships specifically? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I won't okay. say names, but right. I won't say names, but they'll know who they are. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I've had, but look, you know, when you swim in the deep end of the pool, when you're working with large private equity companies, okay, when business is going good, they're, it's, it's, they're, you know, they're easy to go along with. When business is sliding, regardless of the economy or the crisis, whatever is going on in the world, because that can be affected. I mean, there's been some times in the world in the early 2000s, the dot-com bubble. Then in 2010, you had the financial crisis. Then you had COVID. Those were all game changers, okay, where the economy really suffered, all right? And people's yeah. personal income really suffered. So look, you have those, but but here's the reality. When you're a when you're a minority partner in a big business, it comes with it. Whoever is the majority shareholder, at the end of the day. They're, they get to call the shots. And you know what? They've earned that right. So I don't freak out about it. I may not like the dynamics of the partnership all the time, but look, I swim in the deep end of the pool. Yes, sometimes do discussions get heated and tense? Of course. You know why? Because I'm passionate and they're equally as passionate. Okay. They didn't get where they are by laying down. Okay. So you got to have the mindset to understand, look, they're good people. It's just, we may disagree on some things, but at the end of the day, we're still business partners and we're both motivated to get to the same place. Okay. So you got to be mature if you're going to bring on partners, especially if you're going to be a minority partner. Yes, that makes sense. absolutely. Absolutely. And so are you actually a, a minority partner in, in companies now, or yeah. do you take lift yeah, okay. as an example, lift brands? I'm still in, in lift brands. I'm still the single largest shareholder of the company, yep. but I, I, but I'm not a majority shareholder. I think I own, you know, 22% of all of lift brands. All right. Okay. But there's a private equity partner that, you know, between them and, you know, their thousands of investors can, you know, consolidate and they own that chair. Great. The, there's a bank that owns a portion. It's all good, right? I mean, that's that's high stakes poker. It's okay. That's how it is. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of in the same boat, uh, a few different companies, minority uh, shareholder, where I, I kind of wish I had a little bit more day to day, but it's like, it is what it is. Um, yeah. And and uh, but it's fun. That's swimming in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. And you know what? With lift brands, I had two I had two exits. And, you know, and I talk about this all the time on, you know, building a company and preparing for an exit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the first the first exit I took 
I still retained 60% equity in the company. So I took a bite of the apple, but still was controlling the company. The second exit, at that time, there's a tipping point. I became the minority shareholder, okay? So for those, you have to have the mindset of knowing that at that tipping point, when you become the minority shareholder, you're essentially, figuratively speaking, you're handing the keys to the castle over to someone else. That's why in, in exits, there's a couple of things you need to think about. Who is the partner? Historically, how have they behaved in the environment? And I talk about this all the time. I've got two clients that are going through an exit right now. And I'm preparing them for, you're going to hand the keys to the castle. I personally think the, the private equity group that they're selling to, because they're going to retain some equity, but they're going to go to a minority shareholder. But I say, historically, this is how they behaved. So if they behave how they've done historically, I think that you're going to be in good shape. Secondly, sell enough of your equity to where regardless of what happens, it's game over for you. You've made enough that you're not going to be in the soup line any day soon. And then I, I help them through that. How do, how do we manage your after event cash to where you're not forced the pressure of, of going back and grinding it like you did? Yeah. Does that make sense? You know, oh, yeah. right. And, and, you know, that's a, a whole other topic, Riley, but, but it but, always breaks my heart when people have a liquidity event mm -hmm. and they've got all this cash. And for some reason they get in their head that they're brilliant. Okay. That they're brilliant and they have the Midas touch. Okay. Everything they touch turns to gold. And you know, who's feeding them that is their whole circle. Right. You're brilliant. And well, pretty soon you start drinking the Kool-Aid and here's what happens. They start dabbling in things of which they have no experience because everybody tells them you need to diversify and you wake up one day and 40% of your nest egg is gone because you put it in other people's dreams. Okay. That's a big sound bite. You put your money in other people's dreams. Okay. And the more money you have, I've never seen a bad, a bad spreadsheet. Okay. I get pitched businesses. I could do, I could, I could look at five companies a week. No problem. Okay. And every spreadsheet is up and to the right. Hey, Peter, you can't lose. Okay. Nobody's going to show you how they're going to lose money. All right. Honestly. So I help people get the mindset around being rich and how do, how do you, how do you, how do you stay rich? And then the other side of it is, how do you show up after you're rich? Okay. Because some people completely lose it. And that's not good either. All right. Because you've lost touch with how did you get there? Yes, it was work, but man, I, I really appreciate humility. I really appreciate when I meet someone and you'd never know they're wealthy. Yes, of course. They, they may have nice cars. They may have an unbelievable lifestyle. But if you met them at a coffee shop, you would never know it's a nine-figure net worth person. I love it when I meet people like that. Yeah. Okay? It's a great Absolutely. quality. Absolutely. Most definitely, man. So, well... What's up, guys? I want to personally invite you out to Dallas, Texas, February 3rd and 4th for one of our signature Kingdom Business Advancement events. Now, at this event, we're actually going to lay out the exact framework, the blueprint that I've used to start and scale eight separate companies from zero 
to seven and eight figures within the very first year of each, generating us close to $200 million over the past decade. And so here's the deal, guys. Whether you're looking to actually finally pull the trigger and go from employed to deployed, or maybe you're looking, maybe you've been in business for a minute now and you're looking for that tribe or that community of like mindsetted kingdom entrepreneurs, then this is an absolute must attend event. This is going to be a game changer for you here in 2023. We're going to have an epic guest lineup. Uh, we have over a billion dollars collectively that has been produced in this room from our speakers alone. Seating's limited on this bad boy. We're going to be in Dallas, Texas again, February 3rd and 4th. Check it out, kingdombusinessadvancement.com or simply text the letters KBA to 727-472-3860. February 3rd and 4th, I'll see you there. I have in in our kind of call it portfolio of business, I, I want to talk with you offline more about a few things that I've got on, on our plate where we are looking to exit one of our, our companies. Um, we're, we're kind of in st startup mode of, of, a, of a newer division that we've got. Not newer. I mean, it's something we've proven. We've done 30 plus million with it, but yes. setting it up appropriately for for an exit like in the yeah. beginning stages where so i want to talk with you more on that if you, if yeah. you would man sure. um, maybe we'll record it too and we could do it do no, a right follow-up episode yeah. or something but um but uh that all, all being said once you've made money and maybe we can even end end with this topic man because i i love talking about scripture tells us that we cannot serve both god and money or mammon depend upon the, the version of the the bible that you're reading um, so mammon is like the spirit of money or the, the power that, that we give money over us. Right. And in my only, I've, I've spent so much time just determining this because everything that I've, I've done, man, I feel like in business as an entrepreneur, like why we do it, it's the thrill of the hunt. But at the end of the day, let's just be real. It's, we want to make money. Like that's money does a lot of things for us, but what I think scripture challenges with challenges us with this is we want to make money, but we don't want money to, to make us right. right? Which uh, that's, I think where the shift happens is, is money then makes us more of who we already are. As I've mentioned to you in our, our when discussion before we even hit record, it's like, I realized I was not a great dude when I started to make it and thank God he's, he's allowing me to, to grow through and, you know, a, a, a terrible lows in my life. Um, but what I feel like is has brought me and made me the, the human that I am today to help others through this process as well. So once we've, we've accumulated money now, I, what I'm curious, man, is, is are, are you solely focusing on, on businesses? Uh, do you have maybe a portfolio of real estate? Uh, is there, cause what my, thought on this and what I've been focused on the last few years is is really cash flow businesses okay and and there's you know long midterm and, and short term things that that we're working for and then cash flow real estate uh and and that's kind of how I'm I'm leveraging my time and in order to make money serve me because at the end of the day I want to serve God and make money serve me so I'm available I have the time energy and resources to do what I what I what I feel God's calling me to do because the number one enemy of every vision is lack of provision. And I want to make sure that I'm, I'm in a position in which when called up, like I'm ready to go. If it takes a million dollars, 
If it takes $10 million, if it takes $100 million, when God calls me to the plate, I want to be there ready to take that swing uh, yeah. when that time comes. So what is it that you're doing with as, as you've accumulated wealth and yeah. how are you continuing to accumulate wealth? Because this is obviously what, I mean, now that I've been exposed to bigger circles, like I've learned different strategies. It's like mind blowing to me of things I never would have thought or dreamed of 10, 15 years ago, but how people continually produce wealth is by making money, you know, leveraging money to have multiple purposes in their life. So if you would let us know, like, what is it that you're doing? What's your strategy, man? Well, my strategy, I having balance. Okay. I mean, financial balance, which get, getting away from, you know, balance between having time for yourself, having time for your faith, having time for your business, for your family, all, I mean, that's one side of balance, but financial balance is another thing. When you have real wealth for me, I have a number of different, yes, I have real estate, some rental stuff, commercial and, and residential. Um, I have, you know, large stock portfolios that all pay dividends. So for me, I make sure that I've got enough cash flow being spun off passively to support my life to support my lifestyle comfortably. All right. I'm never for me. I'm I don't ever want to have to dip into my principal to support my lifestyle. I would rather. I mean, it, that's just how I am. That diversity. The, and the other side of it, you know, talking about. You know, when you get to the point where you have wealth, like you said, look, you know, we're look, we're all a work in progress. OK, we we're all flawed. So in your case, you've got a lot of different businesses. You've got good cash flow rolling in and whatnot. The other side of it is just how you roll. OK, because the financial side of it, we can talk about that. You have balance real estate. You're on the right track. Real estate. You've got some stocks that pay dividends. Great. You know, you're you're dabbling in some different things. You're not betting the farm. You've got a little bit in everything. So yeah. when one piece gets pressure, um, it's it doesn't sink the ship. You, you follow me? Yeah, absolutely. Where, where a lot of people make mistakes is as soon as they get financial um, security, they take their principal and they start buying stuff. Okay, they start buying depreciable assets. What I mean by that is they buy a boat. They buy a plane, they upgrade their house, they you know, you know, name it. And they've taken just an easy math. And I had this happen to a guy that I was working for. He, after his liquidity event, he had 10 million in the bank. That's a lot of money, okay? With 10 million in the bank, in his case, he should just be able to put it somewhere and live off the interest and never have to grind again, okay? The, he was in that place, but what did he do? You know, he bought a boat. He upgraded his house, upgraded his wardrobe and vacations and everything. And by the time he got to me, his 10 million was six. Okay. His 10 million was six. And he, when he got to me, I started looking through and evaluating his outflow of cash, his, his cash, what was producing him cash and what was his burn. All right. And one of the things I cut out was his boat. Peter, what are we selling my boat for? It's just, it, it's, it's paid for. And I said, yeah, it's paid for, but your boat is costing you about 90,000 a year of after-tax cash dollars to have it. Your slip, your fuel, your insurance, all of it. So I said, look, he goes, I, I don't want to sell my boat. I go, That's a choice. All I'm trying to do right now is stop your burn. Okay. I got to get you to ground zero. 
And then we can start building it up. Now, if you don't want to do it, it's okay. But I tell you, you and I, we're going to have this conversation five years from now and your 6 million is going to be three and a half. Right. Okay. And now you got pressure. All right. I mean, just getting him in the mindset and he did it. And you know what? The good news for him, his 6 million is now about 7.2. So he's got it turning the other way. All right. And I tell him, look, it's not that you can never have a boat again, but for crying out loud, you quit spending your money like a drunken sailor. All right. If you can finance your boat for a couple of percent, okay, that's fine. Now you don't have your cash tied up there. Just helping him through the process. Yeah. But then, you know, that that's to me a big thing. And that's where I see a lot of people, Riley, completely blow it. They think 10 million is this huge number. And the more you have, the bigger your expenses become. And the more you're somehow, somehow, somewhere in your head, these it's just easier to spend. And before you know it, your 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 cash is going the other way. All right. Yeah. Yes. And it takes it takes a mindset. And you would not believe how proud people get so proud because they put themselves in this this place and telling them, look, quit doing that. You don't need to you don't need to fly private. Okay. You're flying private, so you can tell your friends you're flying private. It's it's yep. the most ridiculous thing ever. Fundamentally, it doesn't make any sense for you, my brother, right? So I have those conversations just man-to-man being real with them, right? Yeah. That's great, man. I, I love see it all the time. I bet you do, because pride and ego just uh... – it's like the the rise and demise of of so many people, I think, with money. And you know, I was I was that guy too of just like, well, I, you know, I wanted to, I could do those things, so I wanted to do those things. And uh, yeah, when I look back at even just the the poor decisions that I made during those time periods, again, it's it's about you know, reaction reveals character. So if we can you know learn from those mistakes, there's no such thing as failure, only feedback, and that we we're going to continue to learn from them. And then yeah. it's really, what, what do we do from there? So, you know what, we're in a society today that, and with social media, everyone's always trying to flex, especially the dudes. Okay. Dudes are always flexing. And I just think, stop, stop with your nonsense. Okay. I mean, it's, it's from the wardrobe that they're wearing to the jewelry that they're wearing to the cars they're driving. I mean, and some of these guys are my friends, right. And that, that I've met here in Miami, they're just totally flexing. It's just complete and utter bullshit. Right. Cause yeah. I know, cause I know, I know the narrative. I know who they, these are people I know. Right. And it's just, it's, it's an, but they just need to grow through it. They need to grow up, honestly. It doesn't, and look, and who am I to judge? I mean, I know where they want to be. And I'm telling them, look, the path you're taking to get there, it's going to be a long road because you are burning it as fast as you're making it. Okay. Trying to, it's not, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a difficult, it's like watching a car crash sometimes. Right. Yeah. Truly. Like, you know, the end of the movie and it's like, Ah, you can't, save them. You can't save them from themselves. Right. Yeah. So some of them, some of them grasp it, you know, eventually they come back and, you know, yeah. they've, wa- they've wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. They've completely wasted. They have nothing to show for it. And what's really disheartening is when you, you find that and people, and they're getting, they're getting longer in the tooth. They're getting, they blew their money 
through their 30s and early, early 40s. And now they're in their 50s, early 50s, and they really don't have a lot to show for it because they, they were so busy flexing. And I tell you what, people think, oh, you, you know, your big earning years are ahead of you. Look, times are changing. Mm-hmm. Times are completely changing. I mean, the, the workforce is changing with COVID. I mean, we're looking at it right now. Just like this interview, I'm running nautical bowls through virtual, okay? We don't have brick and mortar and we don't need it, all right? So if I need computer programmers, you know that I can find computer programmers in Russia that are unbelievably talented. They work from home. I can pay them $60,000 a year. And I was paying, back at one of my companies, I was paying my good programmers $200,000, $250,000 a year. All right. It's a different world. Yep. And, and people have got to get their head around it because it's, you know, this is where it's going. It's, it's not brick and mortar, people sitting in a chair from nine to five because I need to, I need you accountable. That those days are gone. You got to measure people on performance. Yes. Absolutely, man. And those, any good entrepreneur, you know, when, when, COVID happened, it was head on a swivel for for me of like, okay, my life radically changed because we hosted in-person events uh, in restaurants. So groups of people in restaurants, like, I mean, radical (laughs) devastation in our business like that. Yeah, and and that's when it was like, all right, well, wh- where where are we going? And let's aim for that, not try to keep up with this thing, but let's shoot for where where are we going? And I think that's that's great that you said that, Peter. Like times have changed, they're they're going to continue to change, and those that are staying ahead of the the change um, are the ones that are going to capitalize on it. So you know is- what, Riley, it's it. You've got to be when you get blindsided and blindsided everyone. COVID blindsided everyone. All right. So you've got to be able to pivot. You've got to be able to adapt. You've got to have vision and say, what are we going to do? You can't panic. I mean, for us at Lyft Brands, at one time, we had every one of our brands closed around the world. Get your head around that. And it wasn't an option. You know, the governments made everybody stay home. Okay. So it was no option. We were hemorrhaging cash, but and there was nothing to do. You can't panic. You got to pivot. You got to say, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? And at that time, not even knowing how long is this going to take? Is it months? Is it a year? Nobody knew. It was really character building moments, right? Absolutely. So, you know, good on you for for pivoting and, and doing what you had to do. And then, you know, you come out the other side. And when you come out the other side, you say, Wow, we learned a lot and we are so much better in this position than we were there. Long term, yep. we're better here than we were there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's great. And it's not even just even this impending recession that, that's coming up. It's not even about just like weathering the storm. It is head on a swivel, like I open your eyes and look for opportunities that are gonna arise from this right yeah. whether it's the the housing market or or businesses that are going to be hemorrhaging cash like is it an opportunity for you to come in and and become a, a majority shareholder for certain businesses uh and so those are the things that that i think separate the the pros from the joes of now granted if you're starting out it's like you're just trying to figure out how to 
pay rent, right? We get that. And, and there's strategies in place that, that you know, you got to have revenue in order to afford you to do certain things. But once, once that revenue is happening, now it's like, okay, how do I, how do I capitalize again and put this cash versus just going to buy that house or that jet or whatever else? How do I actually look for opportunities no matter what's happening in the marketplace, no matter what the economy is, says, there's one economy that you should care about. And is that, that is the economy of you and, yeah. and not being a, 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 you know, uh, a product of what other people are doing or what, what's happening in the world economy, but where are you and how can you make an, a difference in that? So, you, you know what, Riley, you make a good point. You know, when, when tragedy comes, when uncertainty hits a marketplace, let's use COVID as an example. And let's talk about cash. All right. Yeah. People that have cash, it's important that you have cash in different pockets, but you have cash that is leverageable. Take me, I'm just going to use me as an example. Yeah. I have a $5 million operating line of credit, okay, that is there for me. And they don't, they don't give a damn if I buy pencils, hmm. yachts. They don't care what I use the money for. It's there, but it's collateralized by some of my other assets, all right? I have it set up and I pay LIBOR. Okay, which is a fraction of what I'm not going to my local Wells Fargo getting a loan. Okay, I've got this. So I'm already paying a fraction of the interest rate that is that the general public is playing. When you have real money, that is available to you. Okay. So don't think for a minute that you've got to go sell a bunch of stocks and securities to give yourself this cash. Get it set up, work smart, have it out there because in these times of moments, you're going to have some business that become exposed, they're vulnerable, and they're in they're in the midst of a cash crisis especially good companies that fundamentally they're solid. Okay. The problem is they were solid, but what did they do? They overlevered themselves. They got blindsided and now, now they're in a bit of a pinch and those opportunities rear their head, but you've got to be prepared. You've got to be in a position to where the cash is readily available because I promise you, if somebody comes to you and they say, Hey, no, look, I need a, I need a short-term loan. If you've got a scramble and it takes you 30 days to get them the cash, you're less valuable to them, okay? If somebody comes to me and they say, hey, Peter, I need a million dollars, all right? I need a million dollars and, and I say, how quickly do you need it? If they say, look, you know, we need it next week. But when, how much equity are you going to give me in the company? I'm going to give you, you know, well, let's just for easy math, I'll give you 10% equity, right? 10% equity in the company, you give us this, this loan. And if they're under the impression that it's going to take me 30 days to get it, if I say, look, if I can get the money to you tomorrow, I want 14%, I want 15%. I'll have the cash in your bank tomorrow morning. You would not believe the desperation of some people in their circumstance, because the alternative to that is they're laying off people, okay? Right. And laying off human capital, it's tough because now you've got to, you know, when, the, when you go back into the upstream, you got to bring people back into the company. You got to train them. You got to get them up to speed. There's a cost with all of that stuff. So I set deals up all the time, short-term loans, and, and I get equity in the company. They're going to pay me back. All right. They pay me back. But even after it's all done, my 15% might be 5% short term loans secured by their company. So, so many different ways to structure businesses. 
But none of it is a, none of it is going to happen if you don't have dry powder on the sidelines. Right. That's the punchline. Yes. Okay? Don't have everything tied up in assets that you can't that you can't access or leverage. Yes. It's so good. So good. Peter, man, I, I've, I've got like 85 more questions I, I want to wrap with you about, man. But maybe we can do a uh, follow-up episode if you'd be willing, man. Absolutely. Anytime. I mean, I love, I love talking shop. I yes. do. This is my thing. And you know what? What I've done, I don't know if you ever do podcasts where you let people dial in. But that's yeah, kind of interesting. Great. That's interesting, too. Taking calls from your audience. Yes. Because, you know, that that's real and it's raw, right? Yes, maybe we can do that. That would be fun. You know, we are, I mentioned, um, so we started a, a network called America First uh, Network. Uh, we started with a news broadcast, uh, Fighting Fake News. Um, but we are creating uh, lots of different television shows and one of them being the King's Council. So it's it's almost a, a version of, uh, you know, a kingdom entrepreneurship version of like Shark Tank, uh, yeah, but also yeah. meets the profit. Uh, and so- uh, man, I would love maybe maybe you'd like to be a, a guest on on one of those. I love where, it. Yeah, I love it. That's I've always said. You know, you know, I kind of have my own little world of mini Shark Tank when, when looking at things that I look at and I get involved with. And uh, I would love to do that. I, I love talking shop and uh, love to do it. And I, and I'm back in Minnesota. You know, towards the middle of May. So you right. know, do one. We can either do an interview in your studio or do it out at the lake house. It's a beautiful setting. Let's do it at the lake, man. I, so I'm on Prior Lake, and for those that don't know Minnesota, there's the the lake to be on is is Minnetonka. That that's where where Peter's on. I'm about 30 minutes or so south of of there on Prior Lake. So yeah, you're in a great lake too, though. You're it is it lake. is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Now you're in a great spot. Hey, you know, I I enjoyed it, man. So um, anyone that wants to follow me, it's uh, it's really simple. It's Peter underscore Taunton, T-A-U-N-T-O-N. That's how you find me. And, uh, you know, my stuff in there, it's real. I'm not selling anything. I'm just dropping bombs and giving real life experiences that I've been through. And then a perspective from my seat on what's going on in in the world. So absolutely. Absolutely, guys. So do yourself a favor, follow Peter. Um, he's been on a number of other episodes too. Uh, if you if you like what he's been spitting, uh, do yourself a favor, follow him, and uh, just hit him up. So, uh, that being said, Peter, really really appreciate it, man. I know um, you got some other meetings and things coming up, so uh, we'll have you on another episode soon. Love it. Thanks, brother. See you guys. Hey guys, if you're digging our content and want more, then join our community at joinkingscouncil.com or simply text the word King to seven two seven. 472-3860. Go, go, go.